This is episode 22 of HD Reality. We're going to be talking about the idea of feeling like you've lost your identity when you're a caregiver for someone with Huntington's disease. Welcome to HD Reality with Courtney Cable. As a member of a Huntington's disease family and a certified life coach, I'm here to help you navigate the unique challenges of Huntington's disease. This podcast is dedicated to everyone affected by HD, including individuals with HD, their loved ones, and their care partners. Together, we'll explore practical mental and emotional tools to help you overcome the obstacles that arise with this diagnosis. Join me as we define our own HD reality. Keep listening and let the transformation begin. Becoming a caregiver for a loved one with Huntington's disease can come with a lot of challenges, one of which is feeling a loss of identity. So what is our identity? Because there's who you think you are, there's who you think you were, there's who you think you should be, who other people think you are, or who other people think you should be, but your identity is who you think you are. Who you think you are right now. You are who you think you are. And for my religious friends out there, including myself, we can leave room for the idea that who we truly are is the way our creator sees us. And you can learn what that means for you through prayer or meditation or however you connect with the divine. But for all intents and purposes here on the podcast, the most useful definition of you is the one that you give yourself. So your identity is the collection of beliefs and thoughts that you have about yourself. So let's bring that idea to this question of losing your identity as a Huntington's disease caregiver. Is that possible? And when we think of this idea of losing our identity, it can apply to a lot of transitions like job changes, marriage, parenthood, becoming an empty nester, retirement or divorce, any of those transitions where there's that potential for feeling like you've lost your identity. The good news here is that you can't. You cannot lose your identity because you are you. You will never not be you. You're the only one who will ever be you, and you can't lose yourself because you can't separate from yourself. Wherever you are, you're always with yourself. It's like when you can't find your glasses because you've put them on your head. Sure, you don't know where they are, but you haven't lost them. So you can lose sight of yourself like the glasses, or you can be unsure of who you are, But you're never far away from yourself and you always know where to look. When we feel like we've lost our identity, it's because we have started to define ourselves in a way that doesn't align with who we think we should be. Our idea of who we are doesn't seem correct. It doesn't seem to line up with who we wish we were or who we thought we would be or who we would have been if such and such hadn't happened. We have who we think we are and who we want to be, and they aren't lining up. They aren't fitting together. So I like to think of it like that children's toy where they have all the different shaped blocks and the holes where the circle block goes in the circle hole and the triangle block goes in the triangle shaped hole, etc. So it would be like having a block that doesn't fit into any of the holes. It's not the right shape. The shapes aren't matching. And we can see When we look at it this way, we can see a few different approaches to solving this problem. We can change the shape of the block, which I'm taking to mean changing our definition of ourselves or our idea of who we are, or we can change the shape of the whole, which here is going to mean our idea of who we should be. And then we can always do a combination of the two. 
So changing the shape of the block would mean changing your beliefs about yourself. And there's really no such thing as a difference between changing who you are versus changing who you think you are because those two are the same thing. You are who you think you are. You and who you think you are are not separate. They're connected. They're one and the same. What you believe about yourself is like having lane assist active on your car. So when you have lane assist, they have sensors on the car that can detect whether you're starting to drift out of the lane and it'll automatically steer the car back towards the middle of the lane. So our beliefs about ourselves are constantly steering us back into line so that we fit within the parameters that we've set for ourselves. And we feed ourselves more and more evidence for that label, that definition that we've given ourselves. So if you believe you're an honest person, you're much more likely to do what you think an honest person would do. This is a lot like what we talked about last week with the universal rule where our beliefs are creating our experience. So if we're trying to change ourselves or our identity or our thoughts and beliefs about ourselves and we try to believe something that doesn't feel totally true yet, we're always going to feel that dissonance, that disconnect. And the issue is usually because we don't feel like we have enough evidence for that new belief yet. So if I want to believe I'm honest, but right now I think I'm dishonest and I have a laundry list of times that I've lied and deceived, then I'm probably not going to believe that new thought that I'm an honest person no matter how many times I say it in the mirror to myself. I can stand there every morning and repeat it to myself three times in the mirror, but as long as I'm holding on to all that evidence against it, then that new thought isn't really going to stick. But if we use bridge thoughts that we talked about last week, a bridge thought here might be, I can be honest or I'm capable of being honest, then you're more likely to do something honest. And when you act honestly, then you have some evidence to work from to start building that belief in that new thought. Without a bridge thought, trying to change the behavior without changing the belief is a lot more difficult. It's going to require willpower, but it is possible. So you can start at the belief or the behavior if you want to change the way you see yourself. You can alter behaviors and show evidence to your mind of, hey, look, I might actually be such and such quality. Or you can try to believe that new thought right off the bat and see what evidence might come your way naturally just because you started to look for it. And with some evidence under your belt, you'll believe it more deeply and then you'll naturally start to act accordingly like that lane assist. That lane assist will start adjusting to that new setting, that new belief that you've made for yourself. And it's also important to know here that how you define yourself is always an internal process. This is something we try to outsource all the time to other people, but it's always coming from ourselves. So if we have this belief that I'm no fun, and we think that that belief is coming from all the evidence that's coming from other people, we think we're putting the ball in their court to tell us whether or not we're actually no fun. But if you had that belief, think about what would happen if someone told the person that has that belief, I'm no fun. If someone came up to them and said, I really enjoy talking to you. That person would probably think, wow, you must have really low standards or you must enjoy spending time with boring people for some reason. Or what if that person made a joke and everyone in the room laughed? If they believed really deeply that they're no fun, they would probably think something like, wow, that must have been a fluke. 
that's definitely not going to work next time. And pretty soon all these people are going to see how boring I am. So despite all of the evidence that they have outside of them, they're still going to believe that they're no fun because it is their own thought at the end of the day. It's not someone else's. So the final judge of yourself is you. So even if you think you have a label that is immovable because someone outside of you has given it to you, that's just not true. And I want to set you free of that because other people's definitions of you are completely outside of yourself. If they feel true to you, it's because all or part of you believes it also. And because that's now your belief, your thought, that means that you have control over it, which is good news. When we find out that something's in our control, that means we have the option to change it and make it whatever we want. So that's all about changing our beliefs about ourselves, our identity, what we think we are, which is the shape of the block. So if we're transitioning over to seeing what we can do to change the shape of the whole, then that looks like refining the ideals that we're trying to live up to or thinking that we should be. We have to change our mind about who we think we should be. And this can mean either more carefully defining what being a good caregiver or a good partner or good friend or human being means. And it can also mean accepting that the current you is the right you. So when we're clarifying our definitions, we want to make sure that we're really defining these things very clearly. Otherwise, your lower brain is going to run wild, tallying up all kinds of really specific criteria to the point where there's no way you can live up to it. Really consciously defining these and giving ourselves really clear criteria can help us act more intentionally to be in line with those definitions, as well as being more able to brush off thoughts that we're not living up to it. And next week, we're going to be talking about perfectionism, which can really get in our way when we're dealing with our identity and our beliefs about ourselves, because we often have these ideals that are way too far out of our reach. And so we're constantly living in shame because of that. So if you're worried because part of your identity right now is I'm a bad caregiver for my loved one, then maybe look more carefully at what you would define or what you would consider a good caregiver to be what would you define a good caregiver as doing or spending how would they spend their time be really clear so that you can give yourself a more fair assessment and the other way we can change the shape of the whole in that example of the children's toy with the different shaped blocks and holes and change our mind about who we think we should be is accepting that the current you is the right you When we feel like we've lost our identity, a really big part of it is this idea that we used to have it. I had my identity, but now I lost it. At some point in the past, we had this identity, but something happened and now we lost it. And when we define ourselves using the past, what happens is we're discounting the current change and growth that's happening for us right now that's moving us towards that future version of ourselves. So if I say, I'm just not myself anymore because I used to be A, B, and C, that doesn't mean you lost yourself. Sure, you used to be A, B, and C, but what are you now? Let's say I think, I used to be so outgoing and ambitious and happy. That's great, but that's who you were. Who are you now? Because if you are who you think you are, then it's also true that you were who you think you were. So 
You told me what you were then, but who are you now? And if you can answer that question, then you haven't really lost yourself. You've just changed. And that's a whole other conversation, but I would invite you to answer some other questions like, how do you feel about the changes? And why do you feel that way? If you think who you were is better than who you are now, why do you feel that way? Or maybe in what ways are you better now than you were? Because the question of identity and our thoughts about ourselves is a question of now, not 2, 5, 10, or 20 years ago. When we glorify our past and we start longing for the good old days before different responsibilities or challenges might have come up, and we feel like something has gone wrong in our lives, it's giving too much power to our circumstances. So let's say I used to consider myself to be a fun, energetic person, but now I care for my mom who has Huntington's disease, and now I think I'm drained and lonely. I might feel like I've lost myself because of some circumstances in my life, but we know that circumstances don't have that kind of power over us. And that's been a topic that's been heavily addressed in a lot of previous podcast episodes, so If you want to hear more about that, I would suggest going and listening to some of those or join me for a free mini session. I'd love to talk with you about it there. For something to be quote unquote wrong, it has to be able to be compared to something that is quote right. So if you were to take a test at school and you got an answer wrong, it's because your answer is different from the answer on the answer key. Your life can't go quote unquote wrong because there's no other right version of it to compare it to. There's no answer key. Our lives can't go wrong or right, they're just going. So there isn't a life of Courtney Cable A and a life of Courtney Cable B to compare between to say which one's going right and which one's going wrong. What usually happens is that most of us have this right version of our lives in our minds that we've made up And that's what we compare it to when we say our lives have gone wrong. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't have ideas in our minds of what we hope to accomplish or do or become. This is different than having goals and visions for who you want to be and how you want to think and act in given situations. This is specifically about circumstances. When we say circumstances have gone wrong. Because there are so many circumstances that are out of our control, like rolling a die. And it's okay for outcomes to not feel ideal or for the roll of the die to not be what we'd hoped for. But feeling something has gone wrong implies that you're not accepting what has happened. And I know I've shared this quote before on the podcast, but I love it by Byron Katie. When we resist what is, we lose, but only every time. So that resistance to the reality of the circumstances is actually going to make us lose overall. And I want to say that it totally makes sense that there are things that you're not going to want to immediately accept. Especially in the world of Huntington's disease, there are definitely going to be circumstances that aren't going to be comfortable to accept. But if we stay in that idea that something has gone wrong without moving into acceptance with a thought like, this isn't what I'd hoped for, but this is my reality, then we're going to be stuck in that denial and we're not going to be able to make the conscious decisions about how we want to show up given this reality. And we'll be constantly focused on the past before this thing happened or imagining what our life should have been and wondering how it could have possibly gone so wrong. 
feeling a loss of identity can set in really easily when we believe something has gone wrong because there's that definitive separation. There's a deviation from this hypothetical course. And it's like we can see a phantom version of ourselves continuing off into the sunset on this nice smooth road while we're over here stuck on a nasty detour. And because of that, there can be a lot of resistance in accepting that we haven't lost ourselves because saying that we haven't lost ourselves and accepting that also means letting go of who we thought we might have been if this thing hadn't happened. And this is really hard stuff. It's deep and it's messy, but it's really important work and you deserve to understand yourself this way. So if you want some help with it, please schedule a mini session with me. I'd love to help you out. But I want to end by saying that you have not lost yourself. Wherever you are, yourself has come with you. You might not see them because you might be looking for the wrong person. Maybe you're looking for the person you were 10 years ago or the person you thought you would be today. But the person you are right now is standing right there in the mirror. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. Did you know that I'm offering mini coaching sessions completely free? Go to helpforthecaregiver.com to schedule one now. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your communities, spreading the power of these tools to more people. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Courtney Cable Coaching for ongoing interaction, valuable content, and additional resources. For personalized support, visit my website to view my affordable coaching programs or to schedule a free mini coaching session or consultation call. Thank you for joining HD Reality, and I can't wait for our next conversation.